1: What's up guys, Welcome to this podcast. My name is Solomon Ali at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter here joined by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing man? Hey, pretty good at yourself. I'm doing alright. Also joined by Taylor L. Pate at Taylor L. Pate on Twitter. How you doing,
2: man? Alright, what's going on?
1: I'm doing alright. Um so before we get into the Western Conference Finals, do we have any closing thoughts on the Jazz series?
0: I'm I'm glad it's over. I don't know it was a it kind of became boring at the end there and uh, I'm glad they've moved on
2: yeah I mean it it kind of got um just a little bit annoying I mean it was like they were they were the the fly that wouldn't leave you alone it's not really bothering you but it's just kind of annoying
1: yeah I'll say this um you know we talked all summer about what would happen if teams did what the Spurs did last year and dropped their bigs backs and took away the three and Utah basically copied that model, and Chris Paul feasted in the mid-range. Like, absolutely feasted. Like, in Game 5, he had 41 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, and 9 mid-range jumpers. And I think the Rockets have like thoroughly cracked that code in terms of like what to do when teams take away the rim and run them off the three-point line.
0: Yeah, uh, we kind of talked that before, too, right? Like, a few games into, the, into a series, it's kind of over.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, once you have guys that... I mean, like Chris Paul that can finish in the mid-range, and, you know, James Harden's obviously got his mid-range step back as one of his weapons, but then you have, like guys like you know capella who if you give him a pass in the middle of the lane he can actually kick it out to a three-point shooter now which is something he could not really do much of last year so i mean stuff like that helps and you know i don't know if gobert really knew what to do with capella on either end of the floor
1: yeah and he couldn't really leave he couldn't leave capella and he couldn't at the same that that really restricted him from going all the way out in the perimeter to guard those crisp Paul mid-range jumpers it was like this is why they got Chris Paul. Like this is this is exactly why they, like if they don't have Chris Paul in those last two games, I'm not sure what the Rockets do offensively. Like I think it becomes a really gritty game and the Rockets have to like pray that some of those jumpers that Harden was shooting just drop in and they don't have to worry about that anymore with Chris Paul in the fold. Also, I'll just say this like as a closing thought. The Jazz fought hard. Quint Snyder made some smart adjustments in game two. Like the slip screens really hurt the Rockets. Um, and Donovan Mitchell already looks like a star. Like he already looks like a star.
0: Yeah, that dude's fantastic. Uh, yeah, he's he good. Yeah, he's going kind to of have a long career.
2: hope that uh, I injury know. wasn't anything serious, though.
0: It was what, like a hamstring or something. That's not. Yeah, not, that's or or no expvancing no, he had like a foot injury Itch. hopefully it's not too bad. It didn't look to it like it was too bad so anything, yeah, from that, will be back.
1: anything from that series concern you at all from a rocket standpoint
0: uh, they lost a game <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> okay,
1: um, so like. James Harden played some of the worst defense I've seen him play all season in those last two games against the Jazz, and we talked about how he's been a big contributor to the, the Rockets' defense in general in the postseason. But those last two games were just unacceptable. Like g- Chris Paul and Mike D'Antoni bailed him out a little bit and said that he was sick. Like, and they could be right. Like he looked like he was moving at half speed with everything he did. Like he moved the ball up, he moved the ball up the court slow. He ran sets very slow all of his passes were super sloppy and like i'm talking like the ball was either super low when he passed it to them there wasn't a guy there to receive the ball or it was an ill advised pass like those were the kind of passes he was making so i can buy that he was under the weather but I, because like i see no reason to believe that the rockets would lie about that but and this is a huge but like the the rockets cannot beat the they don't have a chance in hell if harden plays like that defensively in those last two games, or offensively, frankly, he cannot be making those those type of turnovers.
0: Well, I guess it depends on uh, whether we believe them when they say he's sick or not, or injured or whatever it was they were trying to say. Uh, if he's just under the weather, then I don't. I'm not too <laughs> worried about it. He'll get better.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, the only thing that really concerned me was. Um, was the the shot making i mean because those are the type of things that you can recover from against a utah team but you you've got to make shots against golden state like it's not good enough to just play defense it's not good enough to go you know half here and there you've got to make shots you've got to play defense so that was a little bit worrisome but i still feel like the rockets uh, have been playing with their food for the last like i don't know (laughs) 10 weeks
1: yeah, and the Rockets basically have a week off. Well, te- technically six days, but a week off basically. And Harden has time to get healthy and rested. So we'll see if all all that's moot coming into Western Conference Finals. But that's just something I saw. You know, I I, I think I generally think they've taken care of business in the first two rounds. And um, before we get into Warriors Rockets, I want to get a couple things off my chest. Um, one, and I, I'm creating more work for myself right now. I'm tired of everyone on basketball twitter pretending like the warriors haven't expended any ounce of energy in the regular season or the postseason like i'm done with it that's such horse the warriors were great in the regular season and they've been amazing in the postseason like i can buy that iguodala and draymond didn't try in the regular season but don't give me that they haven't tried in the postseason like draymond's been like one of the 10 best players in the postseason, and i might be underselling him like we need to relax with they aren't even trying and and yet they're eight and two in the playoffs. Like I, I, I just, I that that narrative is really starting to frustrate the hell out of me.
0: Uh, yeah, I have something to say about this, which is uh, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier on my fantastic Twitter feed, but. uh <laughs> I think that a lot of what's going on here is that people are kind of shook by what happened with uh, Toronto and Cleveland. And the, like. they're also a little bit gun-shy about actually trying to pick against the Warriors when it comes down to it. Uh, but I think they're mostly picking which direction they want to be wrong in. Like The fact of the matter is when you're predicting things, you're going to be wrong a lot of the time. So what you kind of do is pick which way you think is more acceptable to be wrong. And I think it's a lot more acceptable to uh, overestimate the Warriors and to underestimate them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I. Spoiler alert! I was the only member of uh, Red Nation Hoops to take the Rockets in seven. Yeah, and I realized right, went that on a that's,
1: real limb there. Uh, you're gonna be the <laughs> only one on the site out of seven people to pick the Rockets, and yeah, I, I don't want to be you if 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 it doesn't happen. Like your and, Twitter and, feed might be messy, and that's okay. Like that's okay <laughs>
2: because, and the reason the reason I say that is because you cannot just play the safe side. Because this team has proven that they are at least on par with the Warriors, and the the idea that the Warriors are just going to come in and just smack them straight down, you know, people are saying sweep or five games or whatever. I have tweeted, and it has already been screenshotted that if the Warriors win in five games, that I will get a tattoo that says Warriors in five, <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not joking. Uh, wow! Listen, listen, this team was built to to take on on the Warriors. Um, you know, they have the length that the Pelicans didn't have. They have the talent that San Antonio didn't have. I mean, th- there were... It's, uh, Matt Moore said that there are other teams that the Rockets might struggle against, but they were built to play Golden State. And so that's kind of my thing. You know, uh, it's it might be crazy or ridiculous, but I, I don't want to toe the line and say, oh, yeah, yeah, obviously the Warriors are going to win. It, it's it's just one of those things.
1: Yeah, hold on. Give me a second. I'm going to go ahead and look for that tweet and bookmark it real quick. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Feel free to retweet it and give
1: me all <laughs> kinds of infamy. Okay, uh, what were you going to say for us? I heard you say something.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, I-, I think that it's fair to be terrified of this Warriors team, and to a certain degree, they've they've established themselves so... Large, uh, so they loom so large in the imagination of everyone that it's it's really hard to imagine anything else happening than them winning. Uh, their talent level is so great. Like it is true that the Rockets have built themselves specifically to beat the Warriors, but you know, just because they've tried to do something doesn't mean they'll be able to do it. Uh, there's this it, it's very hard. To, like I honestly, I I wouldn't pick the Rockets even if I thought they were going to win the series, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, but <laughs> But it's a really hard call here, in that we've seen so many times that regular season stuff ends up not mattering as much as you'd like. Uh, we've seen that, like, we keep feeling like we're set up to lose, like everyone's set up to lose against the Warriors. It just feels like everyone needs to see it happen before they will accept that it can happen. Kind of the general read I get from like the co- the NBA commentary is that they would like the Rockets to win this, but they don't. They don't dare think it's possible.
1: Yeah, and another thing I want to get off my chest um, before the like I'm tired of the the moving the goalposts, of people moving the goal like before the regular season all we heard was about the Rockets was I'm not sure if Harden Pollard will fit like they're too ball dominant they're 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 too ball dominant and like I'm not sure about that fit during the regular season it was well they're great but let's see them do it in the postseason we are now two rounds into the playoffs and now it's. Well, all that cute isolation stuff isn't going to work against the Warriors. Listen, you can't have it both ways. Like at some point, you have oh, to, but they will. At some point, you have to concede that you were wrong and admit that they've been an awesome postseason team and that exactly what was expected of them. They're eight and two. Their net rating is like plus a billion right now, and which is like good for a second in the second second in the league, only to the Warriors. At some point, you you have to stop moving the goalposts. They've been really good in the postseason. Now, I understand that their postseason isn't over yet. And they have to be competitive in the series, but this idea that you know like you can't keep moving this around at some point you have to concede can see that you're wrong
0: i mean I, this is the round for that, right like all, right. all the all the chips are about to be down, and whatever happens happens Th- this is the only thing that matters it's It's pretty wild that like you get people talking about like small sample sizes and regular season doesn't matter or whatever when it comes down to what everyone's really saying is there are seven games in the season. For the Rockets. These are the only seven games in their season, and no one is going to care about anything except these seven games, uh, which I, I think sort of relates to your, your question about like defensive intensity and stuff. I don't think they're going to be taking any quarters off against the Warriors. It is very clear they've been waiting for this opportunity the entire year. Like they were bored with the 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 previous two teams with the Jazz and the Timberwolves. That wasn't what they were there for. They weren't around to like beat up on teams and get to the Western Conference Finals. They're here to destroy from the ground up the Golden State Warriors. So I I don't think we'll see any of that. I think we're going to see them coming out in game 1 just Spitting fire and furious.
1: Yeah. And before we get into this, I got to say thank you to the great basketball gods for giving us the series. I don't think I've been this excited for a series ever since Warriors Thunder in 2016, or maybe even as far back as Spurs Heat in 2013. Like, I, I just, I've. Never been this inside. I got I, the anticipation is really killing me. I've been watching a t- a ton of Warriors Rockets games, even going as far back as twenty sixteen. Like it's just I'm 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 so amped up. I'm I'm taking a ton of notes, uh, and I'm I'm writing a bunch of stuff. I'm excited. I I'm just I'm I don't even know what to say right now. Like it's I'm so glad that these guys are healthy. Both teams are healthy right now, and I, I couldn't have asked for anything else. I, how excited are you guys right now?
2: Have you ever wanted a weekend to pass faster? No, never. <laughs> like actually wanted the weekend
1: to go by so you could yes, get to the be- game.
0: Yes, because I work primarily on weekends. So, but I'll leave it that.
1: <laughs> yeah the week the week screw the weekend let's get let's get two full work weeks back to back just so we can do a series. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, everybody's talked about how great Klinka Pal has been in the playoffs, and I generally agree. He's earned himself a crap load of minutes, and we've raved about him a lot lot on the last podcast. And money. Right, and money. Um, But now the narrative has kind of become that he's going to become this difference maker against the Warriors. And I'm not sure about that. Uh, He definitely has the tools to be effective against the Warriors. And in terms of switchability on the guards, we've talked about this for years. He played well on Steph in the last conference finals in 2015, which was like... He was like 20 years old at the time. And he's he's done a good job switching on the guys like Donovan Mitchell and Demi Butler in the playoffs. But for I'm not sure how much he's going to play in this series. And this is not me predicting that he won't play. But he, he very well might be playing like low minutes. Because I have a feeling that the Rockets might just whip out their P.J. Tucker at the 5 lineup. And that was extremely success, successful in the regular season. And did very well against the Warriors when they matched up. And it's possible that the Rockets... And that the coaching staff and internally internally decided Capella's our guy. We think he's good enough to stay on the floor and be effective against Golden State's Hampton Five lineup. And if that and if all off if all else fails, we still have P.J. Tucker at center in our back pocket. I don't know. It really could go either way, in my opinion. The skills are there for Clint Capella to be effective and be out there, but it really just matters like how effective you'll be. A and B. If D'Antoni doesn't pull. Clint Leighton games and goes with them until because he likes it so much.
0: Uh, he better be able to stay on the floor. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll say. Uh, if he can't stay on the floor, then they're going to have a real hard time beating up the uh, the delightfully named uh, gentrification. I mean, Hamptons line up with, uh, with a slightly less good version of it. So if Clint's out there and he can punish them on the glass, he can punish them inside, and also not give up too much on a defensive end, when he's out on the perimeter on guards, they're in, the Warriors are actually going to have to deal with some things. Uh, that makes them vulnerable. If they can run them off the court, they've just run off one of the best players in the league, and that's a huge, huge advantage to the Warriors.
2: Yeah, um, it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, the Rockets, I know they didn't play the Ham- Hamptons 5 lineup um, against the Rockets, but... Um, the Rockets actually held the Warriors to 5.3 offensive rebounds uh, per game in their games, which is like like maybe four ish, three or four less than their season average. Um, if they can if they can limit you know easy easy buckets or second chance points from the Warriors, especially with Capella out there um, and get out on the run and stuff like that, I mean it's going to be extremely helpful to get you know, to get some sort of advantage from Capella being out there. Um, I will quote one Dave Dufour, uh, from a tweet that says Capella is going to get run off the floor in the series. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case, but yeah, I certainly think you're going to see more PJ Tucker at the five because that's a, that's, that's a really, really, really good lineup.
1: Did you guys see pa- pa- Paul's of the tweet? the podcast. Did you guys see Paul's tweet? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a tweet. Uh, uh yeah, if listeners, if you're you know, if you're wondering what we're talking about, go look up Paul's timeline, and you'll you'll figure out what tweet we're talking about right now. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to take too much investigative work. It's
0: it's one in which he quote tweeted uh, Dave Dufour.
1: Yeah, th- that's all, that's that. all we'll say. That's all we're, we're not we're not reading the tweet. We're just. <laughs> 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 Okay.
2: Yeah, but if,
0: I think everybody's got something they uh, they have vowed they'll do in some scenario in this in this series.
2: This could be a, this could actually be a potentially dangerous series for the Red Nation Hoops podcast and man, and website going forward. This is
1: it, man. This is this might be we might have to shut it down after the series. <laughs> do, do you
0: want to know what I'm on the hook for? Uh, I'm actually on the hook for something regarding this series and have been for about four years now. What is it? I actually uh, I swore a vow to someone that if the Rockets ever go to the finals with James Harden on the roster, I'll get his face tattooed on my back. So uh, <laughs> we'll see.
1: Wait, so you genuinely didn't believe that was possible five years ago?
0: Uh, I this is not a bet that I'm unhappy to to make good on. This okay. is the way I'll put it. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, James Harden was a totally different player five years ago, right? This is oh, probably would, right, right when he got traded.
0: Yeah, it was it was in that like it was in that first couple of years. I think it was during the previous uh, conference finals run, maybe. Right. Which can, can I note real quick that this is not the same conference finals run no, as that. They no. Were, no. They were limping into the conference finals off of a like a miraculous uh, round two win over the Clippers. They clearly did not belong in the same stratosphere as the Warriors, and they they still took one game off of them and were close in the first two, so. Uh, this is going to be a much more interesting series. The Rockets are a lot more dominant, and will th- this this series is going to be a referendum on how truly unstoppable the Warriors are.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll say this: I cannot foresee a sweep. I, ca- I can't. That my brain just doesn't like. I just it's hard for me to to, to say that the Warriors will sweep the Rockets because James Harden's good for one game, and he's been good for one game every single time they played the Warriors. Um even when the Rockets were a miserable dumpster fire back in 2015 <laughs> like they they were like a 41-41 team that they were an 8 seed and James Harden still got them a game like he literally put the team on his back hit a game winner <laughs> got them a game like it's hard for me to believe that not, that the floor is not Warriors in 5 like that's the floor absolute floor
0: Yeah and I think we we've been kind of skewed by watching all these series where one team is clearly better than the other Like, you know, all these Rockets and Warriors series, and then that sweep uh, against the, the Cavaliers, right? We keep seeing these short series, and now we have in our heads, I think that like if one team's better than the other they should just go ahead and beat them every game but it's just because we keep seeing these series where teams are wildly disparate in quality like if there there were some series that weren't like this you know uh, like the, the Thunder and the, uh, the Jazz series was a six game series and it was reasonably six game series the Jazz were a bit better than the Thunder they weren't wildly better than the Thunder like how the Rockets and Warriors have been wildly better than everyone they've played
1: yeah the, still, the ceiling for this series is like an all-timer like it like these teams are so freaking close. The,
0: the funny all right, so I keep track of all these like advanced metrics, like like the power the power metrics and stuff, like SRS stuff like that. Yeah. And uh the and the predictive algorithms at this. Do have do y'all keep up on these things? Have oh, you yeah. seen these?
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't keep up on SRS that much, but everything else, net rating and stuff like that, yeah I do. Uh
0: like BPI and stuff like that. BPI no. I don't Carmelo, uh like the five thirty eight thing, SRS, uh various other various other sites of people, like guys like Jacob Goldstein and you know uh, and, uh and they, Yeah, stuff like that. All of these metrics, Jacob Goldstein's metric has the Rockets with the lowest chance to beat the Warriors this round of all the ones I keep track of. Can you guess what percent chance that is?
2: Fifty two.
0: Close, fifty-six. That's Jesus. the lowest. All the other ones are much higher than that. Like, when I say much higher, I mean like in the 70 to 80% range. The metrics aren't close. All the metrics agree the Rockets should knock the doors off of the Warriors. <laughs> uh,. And there is good reason why we don't believe those. They can't have the context of injuries or sandbagging and stuff like that. We have to provide that context ourselves. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this: look- if, if
1: if I was like an alien and like you dropped me onto Earth and I just watched this season's basketball, like my direct like the conclusion I would make is that the Ro- the Rockets are winning the championship, and like the Warriors are going to provide a tough fight. But that's what I would say if I just watched this season, but. It's, it doesn't work like that. We've watched the last three seasons of the the Warriors consistently making it out of the West and consistently dominating everybody in their path. And that's kind of what has everybody so hesitant. Like, only three people of ESPN's panel like picked the Rockets to win. And all of them picked it to win in seven. Right? Like, everybody is so scared to pick the Rockets. And I understand it. Like, I, I picked the Warriors in six. Like, it's... It's it's really really it's a real tough proposition to go against conventional wisdom like this, especially since we have a proven track record of the Warriors just utter dominance over this conference. Like the the Warriors own this conference, and it's it, it's gonna be a while till they let that they let the reins loose.
0: Yeah, I feel like the Warriors are gonna try to go ahead and clown the Rockets right out the gate. Uh, that's uh, not necessarily dominate them. They just want to like you know show off because I think them. Yeah, yeah, I think the the Warriors have shown a little bit more respect toward the Rockets over the season. Like midway through, you started seeing Steph Curry say things like, "Well, they're a really good team. Uh, they have some scant respect for the Rockets." I think after they beat them two out of three times and stole the number one seed from them, but I still think they. One of the biggest things the Rockets have to hope for here is that the Warriors are kind of unable to take them properly seriously. Like their disdain for Houston makes it hard for them to properly prepare and actually do what must be done. Uh, so they do have, I think, sort of a mental advantage here. There's a lot of weird little advantages that the Rockets have uh, that won't mean anything if the Warriors just decide to like go at 130% of what they've been doing all year.
2: You know, I think part of this goes back to um, Steve Kerr and Mike D'Antoni and Phoenix and the, you know, little feud that they had between each other. And I think that I think that the Warriors for a long time saw the Rockets as their little brother who they got <laughs> to beat up on once a year and I think what what's happened now is the little brother's gotten older and started working out
0: <laughs> and
2: brought his 6 foot 9 friends with 7 foot 2 wingspans and and stuff like that. Basically, you know, the the Rockets have have tried to not not emulate because they don't play the same style at all but they they've tried to be the perfect foil to the warriors um and with them doing that, I think that you you'll see a lot of a lot of mental a lot of mental tryhards maybe like like the rockets are really gonna be trying to to stake themselves in the in the series to show that they aren't the little brother anymore um, yeah. Now, now, what? You, well, what? What it really comes down to is whether or not the Rockets can take the first humiliating punch from the Warriors, um, especially in in Oakland. Those games are going to be super tough because that crowd is incredible. <laughs> Um, you know the crowd alone makes it makes a, a 6-0 run feel like a fifteen zero run so it's really going to come. and that d- come damn PA to,
1: announcer man like he oh, is God. by far <laughs> the most annoying guy in the yeah. entire NBA like the way he says Steph Curry like it's, it's you can't even tell it's Steph Curry th- that he's saying like it's just a it's <laughs> so it's it's so difficult to understand <laughs> what he's saying and like when the Ro- Warriors go on a run it's the most obnoxious thing it is the it really is yeah yeah it, and
2: and so I think that I think that a big part of this, um, a big part of the Rockets wanting home court advantage had something to do with that. I think they, they realized that um, that they're going to have a tough time playing there. But I think that's an, you know one of the reasons that they brought Chris Paul in is to stabilize and to to keep the, the status quo and keep everybody calm, cool and relaxed. You know things that James Harden wasn't necessarily um, the type of vocal leader that could do that in previous years. Um, I think they, they've literally thought of every aspect of what this Warriors team could do to the Rockets and tried to, to counter it.
0: Uh, yes, and don't forget, how are the Rockets going to beat the uh, to gain the medal advantage against a Warriors team who's been countered out so much over this season against the true underdogs oh, of the league? Oh, God.
2: The Cinderella story, Warriors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, Warriors Twitter, like, it's, they're amazing. Like they're amazing in how good they are at getting <laughs> under people's skin. Like the the trolling right now is just at an all time high. They're getting ramped up for this series, and it's gonna get pretty ugly the minute the Rockets drop a game. Like the minute the Rockets drop a game, these guys the game are game. <laughs> yeah. It, if
0: oh, the Warriors take a lead.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do kind of think that there was a point though in sort of the tail end of the season, maybe two thirds way through, that a lot of pundits were leaning towards Rockets. I think it was kind of during the middle of when like the, the Warriors were getting pretty injured. Steph was out. kind in the last couple of months, uh, there was a moment where a lot of people were toying with it. Like I was keeping you know my fingers to the pulse and. A lot of guys were thinking about it, but then, you know, the playoffs hit and some things happened, and now everyone's backed away from it uh, right when they had a chance to actually put their money where their mouth is. so
1: Yeah, and Draymond Green and Iggy started trying again. Like, that's... It, it definitely made the Warriors seem pretty invincible there, especially for that stretch where Steph was out and they were still winning games. Like... <laughs> yeah. That, that, that really sealed it for a lot of people that the Warriors are going to walk to the conference finals. Um, So, like... In terms of this series, like, what do you guys think is going to be, like, the the lineup that the Rockets depend on the most? Like, what do you think is going to be that crunch time lineup? Because I'm not really sure. Like, we talked about Capella earlier in the podcast. I'm not sure if he's going to be in in closing lineups. And I'm not sure if, you know, if the Rockets aren't going to pull out this P.J. Tucker at the 5 lineup. You know, if you look up the metrics, like, everything there says that the Rockets have completely abandoned that lineup. Like, in the postseason the most used lineup with Clint, with uh, P.J. Tucker at the 5 has played 12 minutes. That's nuts to me considering how much they played them in the regular season at the 5. Like, it's just, I, I guess Clint Capella's been so good and that the Rockets feel that he's going to be so critical in a Warriors series. Like, they might just lean on their traditional starting lineup. Like, I, it's starting to look that way.
2: Part of that had to do with the fact that they played – Two teams who have um, not. Well, they have two teams. They play two teams that have traditional ish centers. I mean, you, you don't want to guard, um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns with with somebody small like, um, you know, Lukumbah or or PJ Tucker for too long. Um, and also, Clint Capella was absolutely dominating him. And then in the second round, I think once Clint Capella continued that dominance against Rudy Gobert, it kind of became okay. Well, we can't really go away from this, um, and some of it may also be that they don't want to show their hand um, too far in advance for the Warriors. But yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, so you, you're certainly. Do you, do you think
1: that the Rockets are saving that lineup, or do you think it's legitimately they're moving away from it?
2: I think it was more matchup dependent. I think that they you'll see we'll see a lot more of it uh, in this series, um, especially. With the Hamptons five playing, I mean, you don't, I, I I think that it will be okay to try and take advantage of Capella being out there against, against smaller units, but when it comes down to it, it's the Warriors. And if they're making the ridiculous runs that they're completely capable of, then you're going to want to have a, a small ball team to match up with it.
0: Yeah, uh, I think the Rockets are like a protean team. They can be kind of anything they need to be, which is an underrated strength of theirs. Uh, so I, I do think that if they are able to, they'd like to keep Capel out there just because he's better than everyone who's not Chris Paul or uh, James Harden. So I I, th- I think if they're able to keep him on the floor, they will as much as they can. Just, just imagine, like, for, put aside Clint Capella on the defensive end trying to, you know, deal with switches. Just imagine Clint Capella on the offensive end matched up against Draymond Green. I mean, Draymond Green is a strong guy, but Clint's got a lot of size on him. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's a nice matchup in the paint there. He's going to get deep penetration into the paint, he's going to be able to uh, run lobs over him and stuff. I think that's a very good matchup on offense. He'll be able to grab a lot of offensive rebounds, which is going to be extremely critical. If they can play Clint Capella, that's going to be a big deal. Uh, I think they'll go to that, that tuck wagon lineup at times, especially when Clint is out. Like You can't play Nene. Sorry. <laughs> Just sit down, dude. But uh, I think they want Clint out there. I think that changes the series. Yeah, you, I
1: have a question. Go ahead.
2: Ryan Anderson. Um, okay, I was or... just
1: about to get to this. I was, I was just ab- <laughs> so we we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I asked Forrest the question like, how much use will the Rockets get out of Ryan Anderson from now until the conference finals? And it's conference finals time, and he's not even playing in some of these games. Like pretty much every single game since we, I posed that question, Ryan Anderson has not played many minutes of NBA basketball. Like he has been a basically a guaranteed DNP CD every night at this point. PJ Tucker and Bob Mute and Gerald Green have pretty much taken all of his rotation in minutes. And I think that's nuts. I think that's nuts. He was a starter back in January.
0: Uh, if he plays in this series, that's very bad because it means they're trying to figure out how to deal with some kind of situation. It means they're flailing. Uh, he's just he's just not important to the team. He shoots really deep threes, but he does not provide enough on the defensive end or honestly on the offensive end other than shooting threes. So he's unfortunately just kind of, he's just worse than Tucker, I guess is the way I
2: put it. Yeah. I mean, you don't get, you don't get any offensive advantage at that position and you don't get any defensive advantage. You don't get any rebounding advantage. I mean, at least if you're playing PJ Tucker, you've got, you know, um probably at this point a more consistent three with as little as Anderson has played. Um you've got defense from from Tucker there. If you play Capella, you've got rebounding and size. I mean, there's just not any one spot that Anderson provides enough um to to make to make a difference to, to get any minutes.
0: Yeah, if he was actually hitting those deep threes and he was a more consistent three-point shooter lately, this may be different, but he's just been extra lately.
2: Yeah. He might. Be. I mean, if it gets to the to the finals and, and they're playing against the Cavs, then I can see him playing. Or, I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I say love, yeah. I'll say this. I'll say this. If Steve Kerr does some goofy and throws out Kev- Kevon Looney out there or Zaza Pachulia, like, if those guys play major minutes in this series, which I think... Steve Kerr has a tendency to do weird in the middle of playoff series. Like we've seen this before. I think he's a top three coach in the, in the NBA, but he does he, he throws out some weird rotations at, at times, and like that might be the, that that might be a, an opportunity to throw in Ryan Anderson and maybe get his feet wet a little bit. Like that's the that's the only oppor- <laughs> that's the only time I could see Mike D'Antoni even think about putting. Ryan Anderson in the game. But who knows? We have no Lord, idea what these please, teams are thinking right now.
0: Please let me see Zaza Pachulia play in the conference finals. Please let me watch that.
1: God, the, he's just such a dangerous player, man. Like, he is so uncoordinated to the point where he is legitimately dangerous. Like, he is dangerous. Like, you do not want him around your best players. Like, he, I, I think the Warriors internally fear... Every minute, Zaza Pachulia <laughs> is on the floor with Steph Curry. He,
0: he's just gonna like fall over and bite Steph Curry's arm or something.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: like same with Javale. He is so clumsy. Oh, Both of those Man, guys. Are they gonna run out
0: Javale? That's a great question. How much Javale are we gonna see? Because Curry seems to really like Javale, and Javale has admittedly done quite well for himself this season. But... You know what?
1: Not only are we gonna see a lot of Javale, I have a feeling we're gonna see a lot of Nick Young, because. Steve Kerr alluded this, alluded to this in like his closing presser of that, um, of that Pelican series. Like he he believes that Nick Young played very well against the Rockets and against the regular season. I, he said according to his memory, right, and like that's going to be an opportunity to play Nick Young more than the seven point eight minutes per game that he's currently playing. I think that's a disaster I- matchup. Yeah. If, sure. If, 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 if Nick Young decides to play, like that. Steve that's,
2: Kerr. Steve Kerr, if you're listening, just play Nick Young as much as you want.
0: Yeah, believe, believe in yourself. Believe in Nick Young. Believe in JaVale McGee.
1: <laughs> believe in Kevon Looney. Like, believe in, in all, all those goofy dudes. Like, Zaza what do we Petrullia. know, Steve? Yeah, like every. Man, the Warriors have like five centers you ever look at the roster like they have a bunch it's weird yeah it's 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 honestly what
2: keeps them from being a deeper team
1: yeah i I mean
2: because you got to look at some of their reserves at this point they're playing quinn cook you know a ton of minutes mccall's not you know i don't i think he's injured but um even before then you know his minutes were starting to decline it's it's weird they have such a huge bench it's just strange he just doesn't It's just, like, the,
0: not usable, yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he just doesn't have the trust in his young players, man. And, like, I realize that he doesn't really have much young players right now with McCaw out, but, like, even when McCaw... You're right, like, when McCaw was out there, like, Steve Kerr was so hesitant to play him. He would play guys like Nick Young and, you know, Kevon Looney over him. It's... It's just like it's just a goofy thing with Steve Kerr. It's, it's, it's really yeah. like a goofy attribute. Like, that's the word I can think of. That's the well, word. Yeah,
0: yeah, their bench is so weird though, right? Like Okay, so let's say Zaza's out. It kind of looks like Zaza's just out. He's been starting for them, and then they quickly go to other lineups. But let's just assume he's done. He's not going to play in the conference finals because uh, Steve Kerr realizes that would be foolish.
1: What's their bench rotation? Like how many guys did they play at this point? I think it's probably Iggy and Sean Livingston, right? Like, Iggy, Sean Livingston, and maybe Zaza. Like, or I don't, I have no idea. It really, all this really depends. Like Nick Young? Yeah. yeah. All, all this really depends on what lineup they start. Because if Iggy Dahl is starting and they play that Hamptons 5 lineup, their bench gets really depleted there, man. Listen, Nick, with,
2: with, with Chris Paul playing reserve minutes, those are going to be some of the most important minutes of the series. Yup. Um, because he's, I don't know if Livingston will be matched up on him. They'll probably match up Quinn Cook or Nick Young on Chris Paul, which either way is completely fine. Because in the in the regular season, Chris Paul torched Pat McCall. I mean, torched him alive. Um, so if if he's able to do that to whoever's guarding him in the reserve lineup, I mean, it's going to be that that can be where the Rockets can win the games. Yeah.
0: Can they play Quinn Cook? I mean, it, it kind of feels like I don't. People tout their bench as being excellent, which it has been good despite things. But if they're if they can't really play Javale, if they can't really play Zaza Pachulia, if they can't really play like Nick Young, uh, if they can barely play Quinn Cook, who's the bench? Like, who are they going to run out there? It's Sean Livingston and Dust.
2: Are right. you guys talking uh, yourself into uh, Rockets and in seven? No. No, <laughs> no, but I'm saying it. There is,
0: there is, there is a concern, right? Like, if they if they're going to have to run some guys out or have like a six man rotation, and I don't know that they can. Uh, there, there are reasons to think that things can happen. This is one of the places that's going, to, I think, be a big deal. How do the how do the reserve minutes go? Who are the reserves? Like, yeah, maybe they just run all their starters out 40 minutes a night in Golden State and hope that it's a short series.
1: Are we going to see a point in this series where Gerald Green, Nick Young, and Javale, JaVale McGee are all on the floor together? Like, is that oh, going to happen?
0: I hope so. Please God.
1: <laughs> like, that's a legitimate possibility. Like, is there? There has to be a prop bet for that, right? Like, there has. To- I'm going to look look. At- I'm going to look this up. Have there-
0: <laughs> they ever ever hit the floor all three together?
1: <laughs> yeah, like there has to be some sort of Vegas prop bet for this. Like if. Oh my god!
0: It's like total minutes of these players on the floor over under one or like one half.
1: <laughs> Twitter is going to be amazing during these games. Like if it's going to be like because everybody we all waited for this series all all year, and it's it's probably the most ex- like anticipated series in the last five years, right? Like other than Warriors Cavs, like we can probably safely say this is the most anticipated series since Spurs Heat, and like it's like the activity that's going to go on throughout this game, it's going to be madness. It's going to be like a constant barrage of takes during the game.
0: Yeah, and I don't think there's any outcome of this series that doesn't result in Twitter just being unusable for a while. I I swear to God, every game the Rockets win, is this this going to be an utter meltdown afterwards?
2: (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that regardless of what happens in each game um there's going to be a fan base that is in absolute like panic regardless of who wins game 1 or game 2 the opposite the opposing fan base is going to be in absolute like terror
1: <laughs> yeah i mean like it's the takes are going to be i mean it's 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 going it's going to be fun like i i'm i'm thoroughly looking forward to it uh, so, what's the, what's the lineup? What's the lineup? Are we thinking Capella's going to play? Like, So, I, I'm thinking right now, if you put a gun to my head, I think the closing lineup is going to be Harden, Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, uh, P.J. Tucker, and Luka Balmute. Like, I think that's going to be their closing lineup. I really think that there's going to be a point in this series where they're, they're just going to have to pull Clint Capella. Not because he's not a positive on the floor, but it's going to be really hard to play him against that Hamptons 5 unit.
2: Honestly, I think we might see a uh, a Harden, Paul, Ariza, Mbamute, Tucker lineup.
1: Okay, I All mean right, so three, I mean, three I, I mean that is like
2: the that's like the ultimate versatility, you know, switching lineup.
1: Sure. The only problem with that lineup is the shooting gets a little scarce, and the Warriors get an opportunity to sag off a little bit on these shooters. But I I just think there's going to, I think the Warriors, like, okay, this is going to be a real bellwether bell for the series. I think the Warriors are going to leave P.J. Tucker wide open. Like, I really do, I really do think that P.J. Tucker is going to get a bunch of open jumpers in this series, because, like, and he's been hitting them, to his credit, throughout the playoffs, but I just think they're going to have to give something up, and I think that's what they're going to give up. I think the Warriors are totally satisfied internally with P.J. Tuck- Tucker taking, like, 10 shots a game from three.
0: Well, he better hit him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it,
1: it, and he hit him. He's hit him. At, he's hitting in the playoffs. It's gonna be a really miserable when he shoots like twenty percent in this series. It's gonna be because <laughs> you know that regression's coming.
2: Yeah, I think in the regular season they sagged off of Mbamute more, but um, yeah, I mean I could certainly see them any three of those guys really um, giving space to. It really just comes down to hitting open shots for those guys. Like if if Tucker is able to hit shots, he's probably going to get even more minutes than he you know would have otherwise. Um, you know, the, there's going to have to be some form of riding the hot hand here. Um, like I said, if Capella comes out and is is dominating again, then he's probably going to get more minutes. It's it's yeah. I mean, they're protean. They they are able to take whatever form they need to take in the moment.
0: Uh, just uh, everyone, just be ready for the one game where Kevin Durant destroys the world and it sucks. Be ready for that game. It's happening. We don't know which one it'll be, but it'll be there.
1: Yeah, the the Rockets have a bunch of guys they can throw at him, but it's still gonna be. I mean, the guy's basically a seven footer shooting shooting over these six eight guys. It's gonna be really interesting to see how the Rockets counter. Uh, Kevin Durant just being a monster in some of these games because that just might be like the the Pelicans had Drew Holiday guarding Kevin Durant in that last series, so I think the Rockets will have a better better chance at, at KD yeah. because they'll have you know obviously better defenders and more height advantage. But yeah, I mean he's the real he he's the reason the Warriors are so unfair. He is the single biggest reason people were so depressed when KD went there in 2016.
0: Well, hopefully that's all over, but we'll see in so, about a week and a half.
1: <laughs> so let's end on this. What do you think the Rockets have to do to give themselves a shot in this series? Let's start with you, Taylor, because you actually believe that the Rockets are winning this series. <laughs> um, the Rockets,
2: uh, they need to play out of their minds, for one. But
1: You're just coming about, out with the hot takes, it, man. You're yeah, just... yeah. So,
2: <laughs> so in that, I... I mean that they need Harden to be Harden and they need Chris Paul to be the game five in Utah type of Chris Paul. Not necessarily that level, but to be able to hit those shots Um, and they need their role players to hit, to hit open threes. I mean, it, it really comes down to that. People said that the Rockets were struggling offensively, you know, throughout the first two rounds. It was really that they were just missing shots if they hit those shots it would have been sweeps in both series and we wouldn't even be talking about you know what offensive woes they had um, so really for me it comes down to, to guys hitting shots I mean that's uh, like you're, you're gonna play defense on the Warriors but you're not going to stop the Warriors you can limit them you're not gonna stop them
0: Uh, for me I'm gonna hit the same drum again I think it comes down to uh, if they're able to play Clint Capella they're not gonna play him all of every game but they need to be able to have that level of talent on the floor when they need it if he's not playable on defensive end they are pretty bones
1: yeah for me and this is gonna sound pretty obvious but they have to be the sharpest they've ever been and I'm pretty much talking about James Harden here like the Warriors cut to the paint a lot. Like Iggy gets a bunch of open dunks by just cutting the lane and doing doing a lot of backdoor stuff. And they set a lot, of, but they send a they set a bunch of off ball screens. And they're always moving. And this could be a re- recipe for disaster for for James Harden on defense if he's not engaged. And he can't make silly passes and turn the ball over because this is the best transition offense in the entire NBA. And this is the, possibly the worst possible team to do this against. <laughs>
0: Uh, if James Harden is not engaged defensively in this series, he needs to be ejected out of an airlock.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: It's time to time to abort mission at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, the Rockets have to control the pace. Like, like, and this this sounds strange to say for a Mike D'Antoni team, but it can't get too fast. And what I'm pretty much talking about here is like they need to make all their shots at the rim because if the Ro- if the Warriors grab those and run and like the the rockets aren't set back in time in transition it could get real ugly it could get really really ugly and the rockets have to do a pretty good job playing at their pace which is you know about middle of the league or you know close to close to bottom of the league when they're really isolating heavy but they have to play at that controlled pace and not let the warriors play like the warriors
0: yep uh, they need to use their shape-shifting powers, as you said, to be the opposite of what the other team wants them to be.
1: Yeah, um, and that's pretty much all I have to say about this series. you guys have anything else to add?
0: Uh, I'm nervous and excited.
2: Yeah, uh, the next couple of days cannot pass quickly enough.
1: Yeah, I, I just I can't wait. I cannot wait. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops, at Do Nots, and at Taylor L. Pate. Um, check out the blog. We're going to be posting our preview tomorrow and this podcast. And we'll have a special guest on the podcast tomorrow. I'm not going to reveal that because I don't want to jinx it. But, yeah, guys, good night.